0: Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights. My name is Marco Iacchini and I'm a cross asset strategist. On today's episode of the podcast, we'll discuss the key takeaways from this week's busy action on central banking policy and implications on asset markets from recent developments, around the Chinese property developer, Evergrande. Joining me today for this conversation, I'm glad to welcome Steve Bryce, our Chief Investment Officer. Without further ado, let's start today's conversation. Now, Steve, um, it has indeed been an eventful week, as we expected. Uh, We had central banking meetings, and the ongoing situation with Evergrande has kept investors on their toes. What is your take on these events, and how do they set us up for the remainder of the year?
1: Yeah, thanks, Marco. Uh I think, obviously, the, the, let's talk about the Fed first. It was slightly more hawkish in what it was talking about. So, you know, the tapering start timeline still pretty much in line with expectations. But what we did see is that they seem to be indicating a faster tapering. So maybe $15 billion a, a month tapering of asset purchase, which would allow them to get it done in around eight-month cycle. Uh, and also, they, they have brought forward or, or increased the probability of a rate hike being bring brought forward into 2022. So, overall it means that the fed is likely to you know still have loose policies in uh, in in 12 months time but less loose than we have today as far as china is concerned uh, to be honest the situation is pretty uncertain still um so evergrand they had two debt payments um due yesterday one in local currency one in a dollar bond it's unclear whether they've made those payments they do have a grace period on the dollar bond so of 30 days so even if they didn't make it yesterday um, then it would mean that they still have 30 days to either negotiate a settlement or um, the, the debt uh, outstanding or, or to make that payment. I suppose from a market perspective, policymakers have been a, a, a probably quieter than many would like. Um, but I think the sa- incentive to avoid sustained widespread contagion is, is huge. Um, the property market is, is is incredibly important for the economy, for employment, and there are around 1.5 to 2 million units um, still to be delivered that have been seen down pay- payments being made. So it's not clear today exactly how this is going to be resolved, uh, but we doubt it will uh, lead to a vicious cycle being developed, and, and, and I think that's really important for investors to understand.
0: Thanks, Steve. Now, um, I guess... To to start with the situation in China, which you just discussed, uh, what do you think is the outlook for Chinese equities and bonds following these the, these recent developments?
1: So, yeah, for, uh, for China equities and bonds, I mean, we still believe that China is, uh, from an equity market perspective, is there's a little bit too much uncertainty to dive back in today. Um, so there's obviously a lot of regulatory uncertainty, then there's the property developer situation as well. So from our perspective, we prefer to look at China from a short term trading opportunity or be very selective uh, in in different sectors. So industrials is one sector that we've been highlighting. We've actually been underweight property developers since December 2020. So that's obviously worked out well for us, Um, but be a bit selective. As far as, you know, looking elsewhere in China, we do believe that the, the best place, best way to take exposure to China is via high yield U.S. dollar bonds. Now, obviously, there's still this near-term uncertainty, so we're seeing volatile price action. But we we sort of drop back to this environment where we think the Chinese policymakers won't let this lead into a spiral. And therefore, double-digit yields in the the high-yield market are pretty attractive, especially given the backdrop of very low yields elsewhere in the world. So we prefer to take exposure to China through uh, US dollar high-yield
0: bonds understand. And so if we can shift back actually now to central banking policy, right? Uh, we've had, as you mentioned, the, the FOMC meeting, um, and it looks like we've had a, uh, we have a slightly more raucoush, uh Fed forecast um, for growth. Now, what do you think this means for various equity sectors and various assets in general?
1: Yeah, so I mean, if we look at uh, asset markets overall, we, we clearly have seen a slightly hawkish tilt from the Fed over the last two uh, two meetings, actually. So that's this, is a, this seems to be a trend. But if you look at their economic forecasts, which were released, they did revise up uh, their 2022 and 2023 economic growth forecasts. Um, we are looking at earnings revisions still being very positive in the US. Um, so overall, we are still bullish um, on equities and US is still a favoured market. We do also like Europe, um, so we have the German elections coming up, and most scenarios seem to point towards increasing support for the economy, coming from fiscal stimulus, right? So, um, and, and that matched with st- very strong earnings growth already. So it's actually the strongest region in terms of earnings growth um, at the moment. Then this suggests that you know the fact that it's cheaper than the US and less broadly owned than the US, Europe is likely to do well as as well. And we add in the factor that if we're saying that the Fed's going to be tightening policy, still loose but t- slightly tighter, that could put upward pressure on t- ten-year bond yields, which could lead to value sectors doing well. And Europe is overweight value sectors relative to the US. So from a from that backdrop, we still like European um, um, equities as well as US equities.
0: And if I may, Steve, one last question. Uh, what would be the impact in the FX space?
1: Yes, so we've seen a, a mildly bearish bias still um, dominating uh, Europe. But what's interesting was despite the Fed being on the hawkish side, we didn't see that accelerate. So I think you know, looking forward, uh, obviously you know, what the ECB says is going to be important, but probably more pertinent in the short term is going to be the uh, outcome of the German election. So what we're seeing is that the probability of a left-leaning coalition um, is, is increasing. Um, so left-leaning coalition would be the SDP, Greens and the FDP. And that, that would be very positive, we believe, for sentiment with regards to Europe. But actually most outcomes, and it is very uncertain, right? So it's not clear that that's going to be the outcome. But most outcomes, including this one, do suggest we will see an increase in government spending. It's just the degree to which that comes through. And we think that would be positive for the the euro. The only caveat really for us is, you know, this could take some time to build a coalition, right, because it is tight. Um, So, you know, just because the election is just around the corner doesn't mean we'll have the outcome very quickly. That could take a week or two to actually come to fruition. So in the near term, we see one sixteen sixty for the euro against the dollar as being really key support. Uh, and on the, on the resistance size, 119 is key support. We favor buying buying the dip rather than selling the rally because we are bearish on the dollar and bullish on the euro. Um, but those levels are going to be pretty, cre- pretty key to determine the longer term outlook.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Steve, for joining our conversation today. That is all for this episode of Standard Charter Money Insights. If you would like to learn more or read our publications, please visit our website at sc.com under Latest Market Insights. As a reminder, if you enjoyed our discussion, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.